Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. All right? I'm Jerry. We have David and Max here. All right? David's back from his uh, vacation to Antarctica. <laughs> Wonderful. The penguins this time of year, I hear, David. I'm a busy guy. <laughs> everywhere. Uh, so, guys, um, this weekend was bad. It's the only... That that's the quick, easy way to sum it up. Uh, were any of you unfortunate enough to have to go to Wembley? No, I didn't go. Thank, thank God. Isn't that, yeah. isn't that funny the way I worded that? Because it's like this big, like amazing stadium, and me being from America, I would love to watch something there. But I'm sitting there thinking, God, that would have gutted me. It literally would have ripped out my insides. Ah. Oh. Terrible. Yeah, the problem is with Wembley, we, we still haven't won there. I know we um, we beat United on penalties, but we've been there about four or five times and haven't won once. So yeah, it's not ideal when that's the place you go to win trophies. But there you right. go. For all you podcasters out there, this is what happening. This is what's happening on this episode of Toffee Blue View. We have to react to Spurs because it happened and it was shit, and it's just we we have to say something about it. Next, we have to address the fact that. We made a video about Clausen fighting for his place, and then immediately, two hours later, Big Sam came out and said, you know, I think I'm okay with him leaving, him and Sandra. So, there's that. Uh, also, uh, Theo Walcott is inches away from entering the fray, walking in, becoming a blue. All my friends who don't know football are really excited about this because they love IT crowds. There's a, an episode where they talk about uh, being men and liking football and what was Winger thinking bringing Walcott on that early? All my friends who do not know football know that line. And they're like, wow, you're getting Walcott? I'm like, yes, IT crap, I get it. Anyway, <laughs> and lastly, we have a Remember Me segment. This guy just recently left uh, left England to play. He got cut, uh, released, and is now playing for a club in his home homeland of South Africa, Stephen Pienaar. Remember that guy? Remember when we had a silky, skilled player (laughs) combined with other players? Oh my god. So, that's it. That's our our plug-a-rama for the rest of the show. Gents, we need to try to do our best to kind of make this one uh, painless. We're not going to react to Spurs in the traditional way. We're we're not going to talk about what went wrong, necessarily. I've heard everybody bitching about Cuco Martina. We get mm-hmm. it. He's a right back, a subpar right back, playing left back. Everybody knows he's not our first choice. Everybody knows he's a problem. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure that out. So instead, let's figure out what needs to change. Let's be productive with this time. Right? Mm-hmm. Which one of you lovely chaps would like to start? I don't mind, David. You can, you can take it from me if you want. Enjoy. Welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, sim- I'll try and keep it short, but um, we, we've, I think if we can play him, we just got to bring Garvin into that left-back position just to have a natural left-back. Um, I'm just thinking about stuff that's realistic that can be done as, as in the next game. We're not talking about you know who we can bring in, just what we can do straight away. Uh, Garvin, left-back, I think, has got to come in. Um, and we just... We've got to shoot more. 
it, 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 it sounds common sense, but we've just got to start getting in and around the box and just shooting. Even if they go well over the bar or straight into the keeper's arms, we've got to start creating more goal-scoring opportunities. Um, so I'm not going to dwell on Saturday. It was one of the, probably one of the worst results in a long time. So, yeah, we've got to, we've got to start... Gotta start shooting more. Um, it's as simple as that. I think if we can sort out that left back position, get a natural left back there, I think straight away that'll add more balance to the defence. Uh, add more balance going forward as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I, it's it's so hard for me personally. I I, I come away yeah, from Saturday struggling to think what more I could change because I think too many players are just letting us down. So I think everyone needs to up the game. Yeah, I, I think as you say, we need to find like actual solutions that you know we we can't be oh just carry on, carry on, see what happens in this January window. You know that doesn't solve the problems of coming up against West Brom, does it? So, what yeah. what I took away from that Tottenham game was granted it was uh, Tosson's first game, but and it just doesn't just go for him it goes for everyone such as Gilfie Rooney and whoever's playing in a more attacking role in the team i think we need to start pressing more from the front we need to start defending from the front because particularly in that Spurs game i mean i know we had the odd which you know they they tried to combine and ultimately it came to nothing but we just seem to be bypassed fairly easy and, and granted Spurs are a team that they work very much of the unit, you know, the defence uh, in sync with the midfield and the midfield kind of linking with the attack and, you know, they all kind of move forward as as a well-organised and, and pragmatic team. So, you know, granted, we did come up against good opposition, but I do feel like, particularly against West Brom, and, you know, we've got a, a relatively easy run of games coming up. I think to to start, I think we need to start just pressing more from the front. I mean, we've seen from Liverpool against Manchester City what that can, what that could, that can bring. I mean, I know I know Liverpool compared to us, they've got a higher caliber of attacking players, but I think that it, it, it proves in the pudding there. Really, it, if you press starting from whoever's starting up front and whoever's behind them and the wingers press on as well, they all need to put a defensive shift in because ultimately that leads to you know. Like I was thinking, I was saying about Gay. Yeah, Gay was doing a lot of running round, but what he does need to do, he needs to win the ball. You know, he can't just hurry it out into a, you know, a more disadvantaged position for spares. You know, we need to start winning that ball further up the field, because and this links into David's point. What's that going to lead to? Shots. And I mean, we've had four shots on target in the last five Premier League games. That is absolutely atrocious. So. I think it will. We, you know, we need to look at realistic solutions and, and pressing from the front and trying to win that ball in the opposition's half or near the opposition's box. Uh, you know, uh, plus I do think a, a formation rethink needs to happen. But I, I think that's just the more immediate solution that we should try and change. Um, it's always nice going last um, because I've got two smart guys who speak before me. <laughs> So I'm always just sort of like, well, shit. No, you know, when you've just had all this shit boiling in your mind and, you know, I listen, I listen to other other podcasts and videos and other people's reactions. Obviously, like as Jerry said, you know, you get Kuko Martina getting all this shit saying, oh, where was he? He wasn't even on the pitch. He was that far out of position. 
and you know that I think that, that it's the club's fault. If any, you know, you look look at some of the left backs that we should could have. I do think that you know cover cover all you like, but we do need to find someone at left back to can slot in because Baines isn't getting any younger. And mm-hmm. you know, I think a, a transfer that I've been watching. Well, a player that I've been watching, thinking, why didn't we get him years ago? Ricardo Rodriguez, who's mm-hmm. gone from Wolfsburg to AC Milan. He was so good. Uh, he scored a fucking great free kick against us in mm-hmm. Europe. Uh, I know, sorry, I digress. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was just, I was saying, just because you guys covered so many, like, very valid points. Um, definitely don't feel bad about about getting everything out of your brain, Max. Because, uh, I mean, because I've got to do it now. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to ramble. Uh, but <laughs> but basically, all right, I saw a lot of really poor defensive communication. Martina, yeah, he struggled. There were some moments where he struggled. Not the only one. Not the only defender to struggle. You know, I, I've seen people over this weekend after that game saying, John Joe Kinney is not up to it, period. Okay, after that game. Now, that's a player who was the Toffee Blues uh, player of the month for December. Okay, and that was voted by supporters. All right, so after mm-hmm. a game like that, everyone is suspect as far as defense, definitely. All right, especially that defensive collapse. Um, so, yeah, the defensive communication was shit. I think a big part of it, I noticed. Our little unbeaten run when Sam took over, Mason Holgate, Ashley Williams, defensive pairing. Mm-hmm. I would like to go back to that. All right. No, no, you know, Jags is an able person many times. He makes mistakes just like everybody else. I just don't know if his communication is as good as with Holgate because Holgate and Williams are peeps. Do people say that anymore? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're friends. They hang out, whatever. So I would, I would go back to them. And I would throw. I would agree. Throw Garbin in on the left. He may struggle defensively, but at least we're going to have somebody getting forward and putting in some beautiful curling balls. You know that's going to happen. Leave Kenny in. He's fine. Who else? Yeah. Is he's, be? he's twenty years old. Yes. He's twenty years old, having his first seen like a uh, season due to Seamus Coleman being out. You know, it's his first season in the first team, and people call him for his head after that performance. Yeah. Need to just. You know, double double think there really. It's, I mean, it's just a problem with football fans in general. It's such a it's just a short term cycle. So within uh, two bad game weeks, someone can be the worst player in the world, and then two good game weeks, they're fantastic again. So I think you just got to take what they whether what you see online. Pinch yourself. So you always yeah. get these long and bastards. Um, but yeah, it was interesting what you said, Max, about depression. I think that that is. Probably one of the biggest things ever need to learn to do. I, it, sadly, it isn't an overnight thing, but um, it, it, it seems to ho- we seem to hoof the ball up and get back into a defensive position rather than following the ball out. So it, it, naturally, all you're doing there is just inviting the pressure back onto yourself. You, yeah. Everyone has to go out as a unit and they're not doing it. Um, and that's why we seem to be so defensive against every team and when we were talking maybe four or five weeks ago about this one tactic fits all type thing, that's that's kind of what it is. That's why it feels like we're always the defensive team because we're just we're not pressing at all up the pitch. Mm. And something that I think will actually help our pressing. All right, I'm having trouble with Rooney and Sigurdsson being on the field in the positions they're playing right now. Okay, the Derby FA Cup Derby. 
right? We got our goal, sadly, after Rooney subbed out. Sigurdsson mm. goes, shifts to the middle, middle, and we have speed on the flanks, all right? We have speed on the flanks. And so all of a sudden, we're more, dy- we're no- more dynamic, period. And I think it's a huge <coughs> headache for, uh, for a manager to have to choose between Gilfie Sigurdsson or Wayne Rooney. Now, what a lot of people have proposed, pull Rooney back to play a little closer to Gay more, and let yeah more of a golden role. See, Rooney, it, he always seems to be flagged up after a big game. I think, as as you say in that derby, he got he got subbed off, and this Tottenham game, he 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 really struggled. So, I mean, he, he see he scores at tricks against you know West Ham, does to get gets the goal, but. but <laughs> And this just this comes into the very specific dilemma that I don't think Evertonians realised that we were going to be faced with. That is, you know, you can't overexpose Wayne Rooney, you know, at the age that he is. And I think we just need to accept it for what it is. Just bench him, you know. And as you say, there, it, it, it's coming out of a, as a bit of a problem playing Sigurdsson and Rooney in the same team. And I don't know, as you say again, I don't know whether that means dropping them back closer to Gay. But if you want to, in the long term, have a because have a I think, you know, Rooney's not going to be a long-term solution as a holding midfielder. So I feel, to you know, he, even he's in Davies in. And I think me, me, you know, me and David have said it multiple times that we feel Davies does better in it whenever in a, on the front foot and playing more attacking football. And I, and as I alluded to earlier, I think it just needs a complete formation change. I just don't think this system works anymore for Everton. Right now, we I think what we're running is that four two three one, with the two either being Gay Schneiderlin or, or McCarthy, and then the three usually Wayne's in the middle, Siggy's on on one side, Velasquez on the other, and then Jinktosen or uh, DCL up top. Right, so what are we thinking is a more advantageous formation for uh, for us moving forward? Personally, I I, I want to see us lean more towards a four three three with a, you know a more alternating front line. You know, I, I've got I've got my team down for West Brom and in my front three, I've got Luckman, Tosson, and Vlasic. So you know, you, that energy and you know. That uh, again, it just comes back to me point of the high press, and uh, I hate to say it, but it's almost like wishing for a carbon copy of what Liverpool produced. Really. I had a feeling you were going there. Yeah, because you know, it, as I say, they are the current living proof that that system and uh, of pressing and you know heavy rotation of whoever chases down the ball that you know you can get results from that, no matter who the who you're playing as proved by the fact that they've just been the first team to beat Manchester City this season. So, yeah, I'm leaning more towards a 4-3-3. And I'd have Sig- and I know a lot of people are wanting to see Sigurdsson in that number 10 role. I'd put Sigurdsson just behind the three, mm. really. And then, again, the, the the two in the midfield. Uh, I, think, I think Gay seems to be the mainstay, really, I think. Gay is kind of the first midfielder on everyone's team sheet whenever you ask anyone. So that, and I think that's something else that we need to try and uncover is who is that other man going to be in the midfield to play with Gay? Mm. Because 
with, with McCarthy and I, I say this reluctantly he just seemed so passive in that Spurs game he seemed to be given a defensive role and he just seemed to be bypassed far too easy yeah. David formation wise what would you what would you plump uh, for uh, I, I'd, I'd eventually like to go to something that Max is talking about but my only issue is with this current squad is I just think he just don't know the roles well enough, and they're always so unbalanced that I'd probably want to just maybe see a maybe a a four four one one. So it's a bit more rigid, and we just have two out and out wingers. We have Gay with someone in the centre, Sigurdsson in the ten, and like uh, Tosin up front as a lone striker. Just because I, I just want to see some balance in the team for a little bit, you know, and everyone kind of knowing the jobs because. I feel like when it get when when we're playing this four two three one or variations of it, everybody from the defence upwards just looks completely lost. Mm. Um, so I don't, as I said, I'd, I'd like to eventually go to what Max is talking about because I just think <coughs> forwards at this level. But I think if for this current group that we're stuck with at the moment, I'd like to see a four four one one and have a bit more balance across the squads and be just a bit more rigid. Mm-hmm. Everyone doing the job right. Um, have two wingers on the wings. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't like this formation that we've been playing all year. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing four four one one. Max, your formation, I I agree. It's a. I actually thought it was something that would help us, like before Sam got here. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought with our parts, with the parts that we had, I thought it fit well for our personnel. Um, I'm, I, now, I, I don't know that Sam has ever really used a formation like that very much, you know, because he tends to be more of a defensive-minded guy. He's usually pretty flexible, but I've just never seen him run 4-3-3. Oh, I know. Uh, what, what I'm worried about is, uh, you know, a comment that he made after the game or... Uh, the players didn't fancy attacking today, and something that I tweeted, I am very concerned, and uh, just to kind of highlight that even more, something that just David said then, being stuck with this current group of players, that isn't a phrase that a fan should be saying mm-hmm. after the team's just spent so much in the summer on, on, on bringing in quality. So it, it's a real damning assessment of Everton at the, Everton at the moment. And I just, particularly with them comments made by Sam, is that, you know, we need to be more boring. The players didn't fancy attacking today. I just don't want this to become a a players slash fans versus the manager situation, mm. which we've seen previously yes. with Coombe and with Martinez. And, you know, I, I can, I can kind of full circle this back to me first. Initial reaction to when Sam was appointed, I, I just didn't want this to happen. Mm. And it just it looks like it is happening now. And as I say, you know, a, a relatively well, a more like an, an easier run of fixtures coming our way. Mm. So hopefully, we can see a bit of a, a of an experiment with the formation and uh, and the variations of the type of football that we play, rather than just the one fits all mm. type of uh, of tactic. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, mm. I can't really hide that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing. What you're talking about, Max, I don't know if he's going to do that. I think you could see him if he if he changes formation, which, let's be honest, I don't know if he's going to do that. But, I mean, he has done it in the past, all right? Mm-hmm. He, the formation he's used the most has been a 4-1-4-1, four, one, four, one, 
Like I went back past years and I saw the different kinds of formations he's done in the past. That wouldn't be the worst thing as long as he's oh, not but, running too right in front of the, you know what I mean? That just screams isolation for whoever's playing up front, though. And that seems to be a huge, mm. a huge problem with Everton. So, I, mean, I guess it depends no... on who actually goes. with. Like, if you've got one in front of the four, and then you have, if you can manage to have that space between the one and the four, and then the four pushes forward with the one, mm-hmm. I think that would be the ideal. You know what I mean? Like, I would, I would yeah. hope. But you're right. If we continue with the same tactics, the same thought process, the same approach, then the one is going to be... Isolated every time, you know, like exactly. every time. So, I don't know, guys. I would, I would, if we could, if he could run a four, four, one, four, one properly, I'd be fine with that. Four, four, two, four, four, one, one, four, three, three. It, we're really saying everything except what we're running right now. Mm-hmm. Everything except for that. All right, because guys, the reason we're 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 holding back from some of these formations with one up top by itself is because Jink Tosin was by himself. On Saturday, and he was—I mean, Max and I were talking off camera, David. Uh, Jink Tosin, I'd say that was my my (laughs) that was that was my favorite positive from Saturday's game. All right, I thought he held the ball up well. I think he's smart. He's strong. He wins the ball in the air. I like him. So, so and that kind of got got flagged to me, which is. Weird. I think I was watching at NBC's coverage of the game, mm. and something that the that the commentator came out with was he emphasized, he emphasized it quite heavily. Actually, that Czech Tosin he wasn't Allardyce's. Allardyce basically just didn't happy with the fact that Walsh has been so insistent and keen on uh, in bringing him in. Mm. So it's almost as if you know Allardyce is having to to. To use this man up front when in reality, because I, I something that I I said as soon as he took him off, which I wouldn't have. By the way, I don't know why you'd substitute a player who's got so much promise on the debut, but <coughs> uh, and then he kind of just alternated for for Calvert Lewin, which of course I think we all know leads to more long balls because you know we know Dominic likes winning his headers and things like that. But you know, it's, it's just, there's loads of things that just aren't don't seem to be going well at the minute and I'm worried. You know, it's funny, like I actually read a few places that it was Big Sam that had been watching Tosin yeah. in the past, yeah. like for like in previous yeah. years. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, I, I'm not sure. That's, something that, that's just something that the commentator came out with and particularly with taking him off as he did, it, mm. it kind of emphasised the point to me that I'm not sure if Sam, no, no, not if Sam actually wants him, but if Sam wants him to be the focal point of his of his team, I mean, and then the way he spoke about him in press conferences as well, saying this lad clearly is the best striker that we can get for this price, and mm-hmm. just the way he doesn't seem. I don't know if it's exactly the no, no. Uh, I thought Sam's subs were more about damage control and keeping players from getting injured and that kind of thing, rather than trying to take the game back. I think yeah. Balassi. I think Balassi needed to be taken off because sort of he, he was bad Saturday. He was, bad. He was. It's just, it's just where it, you know I can't sugarcoat it. 
I don't think he's ever been that good since he's come, to be honest. That, people keep making excuses about his injury, and by the way, that is a terrible injury, and it, it does take a while to get back up to speed, but the Balassi we're seeing now was the Balassi I remember before his injury as well. Yeah. It's not product, and it's always the, the step-overs with no kind of progression in the, in the move. It's yeah, and I said we're not going to. I know we're not going to start going too negative, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But just as a point, I just don't. I think what we're seeing now is probably what we'll get, and maybe two or three times a year he'll give us a fantastic performance. I I, I don't think he's got the same explosiveness that he had before his injury. That's mm. that's what I'm not seeing. He used to be able to just tap the ball sideways and beat a man just with pure power and speed. And I don't yeah. see as much of that. He he has done it. To be fair, since he's been back, he has done that a time or yeah, two. He, you know? he beat a few men against United, but I just uh, particularly from watching that Tottenham game, his whole game seems to be a gamble. He gambles on beating the man, then he gambles on throwing the cross in. Mm. And it's, it's it's nine times out of ten, it's a proper loose cannon of a cross that doesn't. He doesn't hit get his head up. He never gets so, his head up for him. This 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 is this is something that you know it it needs flagging. That again, it might just be this might sound like I'm making an excuse for his injury. It might be his injury <coughs> not performing. I did have me doubts when we brought him in, but I don't want to dwell on that. I don't want to be negative because I still do feel like he could be good if he produces the form that we've seen him produce for Palace, etc. Mm. But I, I'd rather see Vlasic in that position because we've seen how direct Vlasic is. Vlasic mm. doesn't beat a man and then hope on swinging the cross in. Vlasic will make sure. There's a man on the receiving end of whatever whatever ball he plays next. He's, he just seems to be a much more intelligent footballer. So, yeah, I feel like we're phasing him as a, as, a, as a starter now. I hesitate to judge anyone on that one performance. You know what I mean? Because mm. it seemed like anybody in offense, anybody in the attack, seemed like they were by themselves. Balassi, I say every time he got the ball on the wing, it, you didn't see anybody in the frame with him that he could maybe do like a short combination with. It was always him trying to think about going past somebody and then eventually doing a really hesitant, you know, take on move and losing the ball. The other team gets it and they're going the other way. But it, it is the kind of thing we've seen before. So I have less belief in Velocity than I had before. Um, again, though, that, that game, that I, was, I hope that's not indicative of our players. I hope not because that second half was shit. There's no better way. If we just did a reaction video, people, you literally would have just had Max, David, and myself say, shit, 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 and it would have been like a 30-second video, and that's it, all right? Because that's all we really wanted to do. Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's turned into this epic piece. So, uh, so yeah, and, uh, and yeah, and we did want to make sure that we said that Jink Tosin looked good. There are people out there slating him, saying he didn't look that great. I thought he looked impressive for the situation, certainly. Yeah. You know, um, somebody who can help us for sure. And apologies to the Turkish fans who watched that on Saturday. Not every game yeah. looks like that. <laughs> Lately, they have, but not every game does. All right. Um, so anyway, guys, I think we've yammered about this long enough. Uh, so that's the end of our Spurs reaction, sort of a reaction. More of a manifesto about what we want to happen.
we need to put this out there. Uh, last Friday, we released a video uh, talking about Clawson's agent, who had said he's he's willing to fight for his place. The club hasn't talked to him about wanting to move him on or anything, and and Clawson is ready to go. And we complimented him and said, "Wow, that's the that's the kind of guy we want want on the team. Somebody who's willing to fight for his place." And then, literally, a couple hours later, I get, if that, uh, Big Sam was quoted as saying that, you know what, they, they haven't really played that well, so, you know, I, I think I'm okay with them leaving. That's paraphrasing. But basically saying that if the right offer comes in, he's fine with selling them. Uh, and that's just typical. You know, mm-hmm. we, we release a piece of news and then it gets <laughs> refuted right after that. Uh, so, guys, quick quick knee-jerk reactions to this. I got a couple of – a few questions to kind of guide conversation. But quick knee-jerk reactions. Max. David Clarkson, 24, and I think Sandro's 22. We don't write them off. And uh, something that hasn't been highlighted is that and something that, you know, because after that shit show at Wembley, you know, I'm thinking of alternatives to, uh, in terms of team selections and formation. So I'm just throwing caution to the wind, saying "fuck it, play them." And so the the, the match the match fitness hasn't been flagged uh, of any concern. You know, no one's came out and said, "Oh, they're lacking match sharpness. They're 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 not fit." It, it just seems to be that Sam believes that they just don't fit in, mm. and 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 don't play the way he'd wish they'd play in his side uh, I'd, I'd be very reluctant to let go of either of them because they've showed promise as to what players they could be and as I've said they're still only young so mm. there's still there's still potential there David yeah I, feel, I just feel really uneasy with Allardyce who let's be frank is a, a glorified interim manager his knee's not going to be here long term and he's getting he's happy to sell kind of these prospects of potentially fantastic players and he's just gonna let them go. And I'm really uneasy about it because it has been really tough to see them struggling because we were really excited about both of them. But you don't just write someone off in January when you they only come in, in the summer. So if you if you let them go, especially on the cheap as well, I'd be furious. Mm. Because I'd I'd like to think they outlast him. I Everton Football Club. I agree with both you guys. Um, I don't want them to go. I think there's some potential there. And when you haven't actually, when you buy people not just because they're solid players, but also based on the, their age and the fact that they have potential, and you don't give them the, the time to do anything with that potential, that just sucks. And it, it, it defeats the purpose of purchasing, purchasing them in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, our knee-jerk reactions sound like they're all the same. Um, but, guys, uh, a, a few questions that are kind of uh, – that was devil's advocate kind of, you know, grabbing my brain. Um, are we in a position right now to be able to give them more time on the field? Like, that, that, that's the first question. Follow-up question, who would they play over and in what positions? I – I think yes, because we're not going to go down, well, I don't know, Saturday after Saturday, anything could happen, but realistically, we're not going to go down, but we're not we're not playing for anything this year. Once again, our season's over. So now is a perfect time to play them. 
regular first team football at, at Premier League level. And let's see what they're like after a real good run in the side. Um, so I played them definitely. Mm. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I agree with pretty much everything David just said there. In terms of, of who to take out in the place, uh, as we, as we kind of talked about before, in this Everton midfield, it seems to be gay and blank space. Mm-hmm. So, in in that respect, I put Klassen next to Gay and Sandro. I mean, we see at Barcelona. You know, he, he seems quite versatile as in he can play on the wing. And I know he kind of was outed more as as the out and out striker uh, Malaga. But uh, this kind of this kind of all seems to tie in with my long term ambition of hoping that we actually do change the formation and do start playing some more fluid football. Uh, I'd play... Because uh, I want to see Tosson play and I want to see Tosson get goals and prove that he is the level of the player that we're hoping to be. Um, I'm playing Sandro out wide if needs be because, you know, he, he has got the odd goal. I mean, I know he scored against Atlanta mm. and I'm, I'm sure he grabbed another goal as well. Severe uh, in pre-season. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I mean, I know we're... <laughs> Rolling back the clock, saying he, he has got goals, but you know they were good finishes, both of them. So, yeah, and as David said, the season's dead. So play them. So, um, so basically, we we know we've got a back four. So if we run a four four one one, the way David was describing earlier, all right, you got that back four. You got Ghana and Clausen in the center as, as mids. Sandra on the right. Um, and then insert player here, Walcott. Okay? Mm. Walcott on the other side, um, maybe. Or Lookman. Or Vlasic. Or any of, the, any of these actual wingers, all right? And then in that, in that spot behind the striker, Sigurdsson <coughs> and, and then uh, Jinktosen. All yeah. right? That's what you're basically saying. I mean, I, yeah. it's not a bad idea. You know, I, 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 I was actually struggling with who to take out. Because I think that's the big problem right now. I think Sam right now is not thinking, I want to develop this team for next season. Sam is thinking, I want to make this team better right now so I make sure I have a job next season. You know, And that's where his big struggle is. That's why I think we're not seeing more youth played to develop. He's wanting somebody who can give results now. Yeah, And that's a problem for an Everton fan base who wants yeah. us, you know who knows next year is going to have to be better than this year yeah Sutton as well particularly uh, I mean that that is a very interesting perspective uh, I know like last in, in the last time we recorded I talked about the AGM quite heavily Robert Elston what he said was because you know I think Everton are, are well known for the you know low, low ticket low ticket prices you know we're, mm-hmm. we're always good for season ticket freezers because the income is so low off ticket and he said you know the, the, the league position and, and where you finish in the league you do get reward money mm-hmm. and that is becoming imperative particularly because we don't get much revenue off ticket sales where we finish in the league is becoming increasingly important definitely so <coughs> yeah that's totally true because I mean the, the, the TV money the difference between 10th place and 15th place is a lot of it, it's millions mm-hmm. So we need we need to be progressive, you know, in that in, in that sense. It's tough. It's tough because you know the idea uh, we we want results, 
but at the same time, we want we want an eye on the future. Uh, it's tough to figure out how to get both. Uh, my only issue is that if you've just been spanked four 0 I don't think any position on the pitch should be really secure. So <laughs> I think any player in that side should, should be able to be shocked. After uh, after watching who played David and watching those performances, I think you could rationalize taking out uh, eight of the yeah. eleven at least. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we're at as a squad at the moment. I don't think anybody should really mix up maybe the goalkeeper. I don't think anybody's a starter at the moment. I'd say every for grabs anyway. Yeah, I'd say Tosin and Pickford, and you can maybe make an argument for Holgate, and some people could make an argument for Gay, and maybe Sigurdsson. Mm. You know, (laughs) all of them, all eleven, David. Just leave it at the goalkeeper and toasting you. They were brilliant there. <laughs> and then him. And then him. And then him. And I don't have enough fingers. Shit. All right. So, so yeah. But uh, but it's a weird question. I don't think it's as easy a question as as can be fit into like a short little tweet. Put this person in. Put this person in, and all will be well. I I just don't think. I think it's more complex than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Uh, but I, what I would like to see is tweaking formation and tweaking personnel, just doing anything to show that he's working toward getting results. But I, I'll yeah. tell you guys, West Brom, I think we're going to see a really stale performance, and I think he's going to put in a very defensive squad. Oh, God, I hope not. I could, I could see it. So they'll be, they'll be on a bit of a high as well. So yep. it's going to be a tough game. It's a particularly, again, you know, referring to that last, that last game that we had against them, the fact that even then we set up defensively and you know just took what what they what they threw at us, it it doesn't bode well for this fixture on Saturday. Nope. And I say it, it needs a real attitude rethink because we need to put in a good performance, particularly after that four 0 spanking. So guys, uh, last question, um, and this I think we've already answered this, but just to be clear. So the type of Everton you want to see, the type of Everton you want to support is an Everton that plays and gives players a chance before getting rid of them, sometimes maybe at the expense of results in a possibly finished season. Well, yeah, but if the results were actually there to be lost if you understand so it's not as if we're, I'm talking we're, about potential David that's all <laughs> yeah. yeah no yeah yeah correct yeah okay yeah because I, I mean yeah. I, I I actually I agree I do um, it's weird though to ask Sam to do that you know what I mean like possibly <laughs> put your job at risk see this this you is know? where the whole Sam that this is where no the, you're right you're definitely right and I, I, I just I hate to say it, but I don't know if the board knew that something like this had happened, which I, I could see happening, particularly mm-hmm. with Allardyce coming in. He's just that type of manager where conflict does arrive uh, and come out of the place. So, so, so question though, I think I feel like this is a question for I think like this is everybody though. If you take a new job, <laughs> you want to make sure you can try to keep the job. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. if you're Sam, you're still gonna want. It's weird because if you're Sam, you want a better team for next year, but you don't know if you're gonna actually have a next year. So you figure out how to get decent results before then. 
It's yeah, but yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. I know the team that I want to support is one that would play the kids and, and not sit there and, and get rid of a player that hasn't had a shot. Some people mm. would say they've had a shot. I disagree. <clears throat> Especially with potential as well. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm angry if we get rid of these players. I'll just say. Yeah. And that is it for our Big Sam on Clausen and Sandro segment. They might be gone soon. Tear. Uh, Everton have been linked with Theo Walcott for a while now. And uh, today, uh, there have been... Yeah, supposedly he's uh, he's been at Finch Farm today. And this is going to be announced soon. Assuming everything goes well. Um... Initial reactions, guys. Uh, keep them short because I got a few questions that you may seep into if we talk too long in it. But David, you want to start? Give me your initial first reaction. Um, I've come around to the idea. I think you you guys both remember. I wasn't particularly overwhelmed by. I was getting linked with Walcott, but um, I think Vegas can't be choosers, and at the moment we're not we're not playing well. So the more options, the better. Um, just as long as we use them correctly. Mm. I'm not 100% sure what his best position is these days, but uh, no, he gives us options, so I'm, I'm on board with this one. I've come around to it. I just, yeah, another option out there for us when we're not playing well. Mm. As I said from the off, really, I do feel like he'd be a good addition to the side. He just, just gives us a variation and a depth, which... It just became because it's becoming more painfully obvious that our replacements for each position just aren't at the level that we need them to be because we just look really subpar at the moment. And as David said, I think our biggest dilemma now is figuring out where we're going to play him. Mm-hmm. I, I put a tweet out earlier, and I think he, he made it very obvious during his time at, at Arsenal that he wants to be played as a striker and as a, as a number nine. But it's also clear that he's not a 90 minutes player. Mm. So I just feel like it's something that Everton needs to, to manage carefully. And don't get me wrong, I do feel like it, if we if we manage him correctly and use him in the right positions and give him the right amount of game time, I do feel like he can be a, a big part of the side because he seems like he's got a kind of killer instinct about him. I think it's, what is it, over 100 goals and 400 appearances, mm-hmm. which... No, bold well. Yeah, 19 goals last year, last season. Uh, always throws you off when when the fan base of the club you're from which you're purchasing a player seems very ready to get rid of them. Uh, the Arsenal supporters seem very happy to move him on. Uh, a lot of people feel like this, this signing lacks ambition uh, because they feel like, you know, would, would Spurs be buying Walcott? Would... These other top six clubs be buying Walcott. That's the argument against it. Um, and then yeah. the other argument is that... I looked at the league table recently. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, and, and so the other argument that I've heard is that Arsenal plays better football and so he's going to get fewer opportunities uh, with Everton, like actually like opportunities near the goal. Um, so... Uh, I've heard the arguments against him. I get what what they're saying. I think he's a bargain. 
I think twenty million is cheap these days. That's yeah. that's the with the crazy ass market. If you'd have told me twenty million three years ago, uh, it, holy shit, right? That's a layout yeah. for a player. But now twenty million is I feel like is the new seven million. You know, yeah. it's 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 a way smaller risk for a player who's already played in the Premier League and had nineteen goals last season. Last season, you know. Um, I, the the question is my simple question is does he make us better? And I think he makes us a stronger team, and therefore the twenty million pound layout is worth it. Do you guys feel like he makes us better? Yeah. I mean, don't forget with that twenty million layout as well, we've got fifteen of that from Barkley, so we basically paid five million for him. <laughs> so whatever makes us feel better about the Barkley's yeah. uh, No, I do. As I said. Uh, <clears throat> I know I was the most critical about this one, and it's it's not a case of me kind of switching sides. I think on the whole, he, he does make us a, a, a better better team, and basically anything to keep Morelos out that Everton squad will do me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I feel like he makes us better again. You know, the position dilemma kind of comes into play, but. Something that always brings to mind whenever I think of Theo Walcott, that goal he scored against Newcastle a few years that back. That looks so he, good. He gets the ball <laughs> on the like on the touchline and he just weaves as well. I think he loses the ball about three times, but he wins it back. And then, he, loses the leg, he loses legs and everything, doesn't yep. he? He just know, it, it, it points to the attitude of of a player, just the attitude of a player that this squad lacks at the minute. You know, a real forward thinking get in and around areas where you can hurt the opposition. So, yeah, just, depending on how we use them. Just well, let what? me get something in the bud now, because I can already see these comments rolling in. I know Morelles has left, but he's only on loan. Don't forget, I'm just saying, I don't want it, the door to be open for him to ever come back in the summer. Because mm. I could just see it now, as the one saying, he left two weeks ago, you dickhead and all that. I know he has, but I just don't want him to come back. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and to David's point earlier as well, since Barkley was $15 million and we got a £4 million pound, uh, loan fee for Morales. So really, Walcott's just like $1 million. He's It's yeah. free. Really? He's free. Walcott yeah. is free. All right? Yeah. Let's just see him like Never that. Never told you. <laughs> Net spend. Net spend, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> And what is? So you, you guys, uh, we, we're starting to get into it. We need to get into it now. How do we use him? Because uh, with Arsenal, he played on the wing often, and he's got pace. So clearly, we can either play him somewhere up front and central, or we can play him on the wing. Um, uh, there were rumors. I don't know if these were bullshit or not. That uh, Allardyce was thinking of giving him a shot at playing striker and playing uh, more central. Uh, Allardyce came out and said, no, I didn't promise that. But, you know, I, I think he does. Uh, the rumor I've heard is that Walcott does want more opportunities to play central and to play up front. So, uh, again, we, we're buying another player where we're, it's, we, we have to figure out where we're going to put him. Um, where's the best place? Considering who we have, how do we line mm-hmm. this guy up and then how do we line up? Go on, David. Um, Jenny needs to start pointing. Hello, hello. Just start picking. I was just like waiting for him to go. Um, I think 
I think right now I don't, I don't think it's a black or white answer. I think we can we could do with another versatile player. I think traditionally for me he's got to be starting as a winger, but certainly if he, you know, if we need a different option up front, maybe if Tosin isn't working, then put him up there and see see if he can kind of impact the game from that position. And then um, you know, obviously if he is impacting the game from that position, then you can start look to start playing them there more, but. I said right now, I don't think we need a black and white answer. Maybe start him on the wing, but certainly open the door for him to play up front as well. Yeah, I I agree with that. In a, you know, in a sense, in in terms of who would you take out in his place? I think going off, particularly going off like recently, he, he kind of just fits in where Balassi go really. You know, play play him right wing. But again, if he's want, if he's push, pushing the agenda that he wants to play central and he wants to prove his worth as a as a forward, he has, he's got a reputation of a player that doesn't see out ninety minutes or a player that you bring on. So as you as you said, you know if if, if Tossin isn't working during a game or he scored a hat trick and he's lagging a little bit, take him off and, and bring Walcott on. You know what I mean? I love so, that thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I think I zoned out. I was a little bit see you see laughing. I hear what you said. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the Turkish fans just get, went yes hat trick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I here's the thing. Uh, we always know we can put him on the wing. We know that. We we always have that in our pocket. Always. That's good yeah. because he's more. He's got more pace than a lot of the other wingers that we have. You know? Yeah, so, so, so no, I, I just want to add as well. Again, I know it seems like I keep like referring to it, but in the long term, if we are hoping to kind of have this fluid attack and movement, then just putting them in a front three where they rotate, where they swap, where they chop and change, that'd be perfect for them. You know what I mean? So. Oh yeah, I agree. I'm well, that's Jerry's reaction there. It looked like he wanted to nip you, nip in the bud there and get get in there. Before. I was about to give you all kinds of props and respect and be like max you proposed this really great 4-3-3 formation earlier imagine jinktosin walcott dcl or lookman in in, in any and then you can maybe throw balassi in there and and whatever you put velocity wherever because the guy can play several positions regardless that's dangerous that is a yeah. dangerous combination of of it's exciting yes it's exciting. That's a bit too much of a strong word, I feel. I will say exciting. It's a a potential work in progress. It's not quite exciting as of yet. That's right. I forgot. Max is Mr. Cautious. Max hates being happy about something beforehand. It's really exciting. Compared to what we're watching at the moment, just kind of seeing some sort of fluency going forward and this kind of what you were talking about, about... Depressing and everything that goes with it. I think that would be brilliant, but mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I oh no, I, what we're talking about is a hypothetical, though. Yeah. That we're, and we're probably not going to see that formation anytime soon, right? I think it would be exciting if we played those guys that way. I'm fine with saying that word, all right, because I don't think it's going to happen next week. You know what I mean? Mm. That's exciting about personnel with potentially yeah. even a different manager. You know what I mean? Uh, and because we have to figure out a way to start giving Tosin uh, service, he mm-hmm. had nothing. He had nothing going on uh, on Saturday, and I think well, Walcott I, uh, is somebody who can at least get the ball forward. Something that you said, Jerry, is it, for for all his lack of chances, his hold up play was very good. Mm-hmm. So 
for that for that to be implemented with two other players that are willing to run off him and and, and give him avenues to either go for the one two or just play other people in. It bodes well. Mm-hmm. So here's one for me. I, I and we'll, I know that we'll do segments on this. So I'm going to keep it very short. Maybe at the end of January, but. If we complete this transfer, which we're going to, and get uh, someone in at left back, I'd actually say we've had quite a good window yeah. this, so far this January with, with Tosin, Walcott, and potentially defensive cover as well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we are in the long term, we are kind of still building a decent squad. I don't feel like, despite being so shit this year, I still feel like we're doing maybe, we're not ever going to be that level, but. The way Manchester City kind of transitioned over those few years and just got gradually better players, it does still feel like we're, we're still trying to do that. And even though we've had such a torrid season, it seems like we're still on that pathway, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Like players still seem to want to come to us. Yeah, like Walcott could have went to Southampton, couldn't he? But yeah, and Bournemouth I mean, as well. Yeah, I did yeah. hear Bournemouth was a possibility. I mean, the high wages probably played a factor, but. That's a, that's something that we've got in our in our chest, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Big Sam's been a fan of Walcott for a while. Apparently, brought him into the national team. Fold that short little jaunt for Sam. Uh, yeah. When he, became, when he became England's most successful manager of all time. <laughs> uh, you hear a lot of negativity toward this. Um, I think a big part of that is because he comes from a top six squad, and he's been in England for so long. I think if you take a player from one of the top six, uh, let's just say Bundesliga or La Liga, all right, take (laughs) or Serie A, take a top six squad from one of those leagues and say, okay, we're going to take a player that got 19 goals for them last season, and he wants to transfer to us. All right. If you use that logic, and it doesn't matter the fact that he's 28, borderline 29, I think we'd be more excited about this transfer. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, that's a big reason is the fact that he's he's old hat. We've seen him. He's been around. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just he's been about forever, hasn't he? Yeah. I think he was brought into that world that World Cup in 2006. Uh, just way too early. Mm. He was 16, wasn't he? Mm. Like, that's so early, that. Jesus. Oh. He's just one of those players that seems like he's been about forever. But I just think, Max, you would have been, you would have went there with World Cup two years ago, and at, at his age, like how mad? Because you imagine doing that now, like I could never imagine at sixteen going to a World Cup. I know. I mean, Obviously, Jerry, you would you would have got a boat over there because. <laughs> I'm just happy when Americans know what the World Cup is, because they sure as shit won't know this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Um, Bring them all. I I think the three of us are more positive positive than negative about this particular situation. I'm all for exciting offensive options. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's the end of the Walcott segment. Could be nice. Hope so. You know what? Let's do this. Let's not talk about football for a second, all right? What are you watching nowadays, guys? On Netflix, movies, TV, what are you guys watching right now? So, 
Max, we know you, you don't watch a lot of comedy shows, or at least David and I know. What are you mm. watching right now, Max? Currently, uh, well, I've just about finished it now, but I went on a big binge of Black Mirror on Netflix. Ah. Is It takes the, the definition of mind-blowing to a completely different level. I've watched that once, and it, it was the, um, no, I've watched two episodes of the first series, and it's the one is where it's with the pig and the yep. uh, prime minister, <laughs> and the, the other one is the, um, where they're in that kind of, where they have to exercise to earn points, and then, yeah, yeah, that, is that, is that, that, that would... yeah, oh, so, honestly, yeah. God, after, after it, I really, oh, strange. I, what, what I did, though, I, I didn't watch them in, in chronological order, like, I don't mean, like, season-wise either. I just, like, picked the season and just picked the description that sounded interesting and <laughs> just, just went from there. So I think my my interest levels vary from other people because I've basically read the description and if I've liked it, I've gone for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I haven't gone down a list. I've, I've just chopped and choose between which ones I watched and, you know... I suppose they, it's not something that needs to be chronological, does it, anyway? Isn't it that's one of the. I think that's one of the main attractions of it. It's it, it's so absurd, and yeah. the fact it uses different actors as well. You know, yeah. it, it it's it's a crazy. I, I, I wouldn't know what to how to describe it. it, it it's a very, mixed genre, maybe. Well, they've got. They very, used to make these kind of shows a lot back in the day, and I can say this because I'm from the land that time forgot. Uh, you yeah. see. Twilight Zone, Outer Limits. Yes, yes. Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yes, you're actually describing exactly what I'm talking about. They did those kind of shows where it's like little hour-long scary movies. You know, Twilight Zone's a great example. Alfred Hitchcock, Outer Limits. They they have those really. They were great. They're oh, Tales from the Crypt. They used to do that on HBO. That's that was a color one, David. Before you <laughs> give me more shit. But yeah, but that's I saw the the pig prime minister one. I thought it was great, but yeah, it I mean it's yeah, okay, great is an interesting word. It's a it's a well-made show and it's thought-provoking, it's fascinating. I don't need to see that one again. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. No. To be honest, in in terms of a narrative, I thought that 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 episode was one of the the poorer ones, to be honest. Really? So a lot more yeah, there are a lot more interesting episodes if, if, you, if you go through them. And to be honest, for that to be the pilot of the show as well, I mean, how that got approved as a pilot, um, you know, whoever, whoever watched that and give that the go-ahead, <laughs> you know, must have some an interesting thought process. All right. Well, that is, okay, based on your recommendation, and there's like, 11 million people on Twitter saying, oh, new Black Mirror season, so good. So, I mean, basically... <laughs> Everyone is shoving me in that direction. So when I finish the stuff I'm watching, I'm going to it. All right? I will. And then we can have productive conversations about Black Mirror instead of us just saying, oh, I saw the one with the pig. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so that's what Max is watching right now. David, what do you got going on? <laughs> I'm a walking cliche of myself. I've literally just got back into Friends on Netflix. <laughs> Bear in mind, I've, I've watched every episode over and over again all my childhood. You know, Comedy Central, it's on every day. But now it's on Netflix, just starting from episode one. Yep. And just every single episode, I'm in my elements. I'm, I'm genuinely, I've never been happier. <laughs> I, you know, 
Even now, I'm just thinking, thank God, we're not talking about Everton. We just talk about friends instead. I think we should change the podcast to the Friends podcast. <laughs> I, just, I feel like we could suck them in there. Have but, I got it? Have I got to out this on air now, officially? Have I got to <laughs> go and do it, yeah. I hope you get some abuse for this in the comments as well. I've never watched Friends and I just oh, don't... Oh. It, it just doesn't look like my cup of tea and I just don't fancy dedicating me time to it. Well, it might not be, you know what I mean? But I will say, the only way you can find out if it's definitely not your cup of tea is to try it. Watching it. Yeah. yeah I've, I've seen the odd snippet and... Few, you know, it's just light-hearted laughs, isn't it, really? That's <laughs> oh, what I live for, mate. None of this, none of this dark seediness. Just, just easy going. Nighttime, watch before bed. That's me all over. <laughs> Even right now, as we record in the other room, I've got the episode lined up to be ready to be played when we're done. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I had a, the the girl I dated before my wife owned every episode like on dvd this is before netflix was a thing before instant viewing was a thing that's how long i've been with my wife long time but she owned like all of them and it was the only thing that she liked that i liked okay because we're talking about somebody who watches like american idol and uh, all the shit that i despise was her favorite so it's a miracle that that relationship lasted as long as it did (laughs) A miracle? No, that's not the right. A relationship word. built on friends. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. It was like the only thing that I could tolerate that didn't. Make... <laughs> that's so terrible to say. No, I feel fine yeah. with it. Um, I so... hope you watch this show. You know. <laughs> oh God! You know what? It... We're talking about somebody who refused to watch films with subtitles. Okay. Oof. She wouldn't do that. Hey. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. quite narrow-minded. That's and that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so but. Back it's like to the relationship council in here. Yeah, it is. That's the thing. We could oh, literally funnel that into it. It's better than Everton. I'd rather talk about Everton. So, uh, but yeah, Friends, I think a lot of people would say, is one of the best sitcoms that's been made. Period. It depends. Like, I think, Max, you were saying you're not a big sitcom guy, though. Like, the live the live studio audience, the canned laughter the laugh, sometimes. The laugh and track stuff and all that. Yeah. It, it, it's, not my, it's not for me. See, I grew up with those. So there's some of them that I find to be brilliant. Some of them I find to be tolerable. Then there's others that not that, uh, they're awful. I can't. I can't. It's just, it, it feels so fake, and it feels like they're playing to the lowest common denominator. And if you're one of those people, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if anybody here enjoys the Big Bang Theory, then do us a favour, just turn the video off and never come back again. <laughs> I despise that show. That is the worst show. Not- and because it's always on, you'll always think, I'm just going to stick with it this episode. It's it's easy watch. Oh, it's painful. It's the worst programme ever. And not to be a dick to anybody else out there, but I totally agree with David. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, totally side it. with him on this. It's, it's poor, isn't it? I've, I've watched that, and I just I don't know how people get entertained by it. I don't know. I think I've just been exposed to the shitty sitcoms yeah. before the actual good ones. And, and it just might be me saying just just putting them shutters down and just saying nah, it's not my thing. You should try to no, start. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, needs a dose of friends. <laughs> just like that, like a sandwich, mate. Friends, oh Frazier, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Max in the middle, just lapping it up. <laughs> <laughs> Be fair, right? 
it over here, Jerry, on ch- on Channel Four in the mornings. They used to do like every everybody loves Raymond's. Then it was like Friends, then Frasier. They're all yeah, good. Just, They're all if, good. You just put that on. Why are you getting changed? Then you'd just be soaking it all up. There's, that's maybe why. There's a really good documentary about Everybody Loves Raymond. There's the guy who created it wants to export it and do a different version of it, like you know, adapt it for Russian television, I believe. And so he has to go to Russia and, like, recast it and get the writers to understand the point of the stories that he's telling because it doesn't translate to their society. It's such a good documentary. I think it's called Exporting Raymond. I think that's what it's called. It's good. It's on Netflix. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's that's the thing, Max. What I would say, what I would recommend is before you watch the ones with the laughter, with the the live studio audience, watch the shows, the really good – like more modern sitcoms, like Arrested Development, like I mean, the The Office. Either one of those is good, you know, mm-hmm. either the American or the British. What was that? The American one's better for me. I normally I prefer the British versions of shows, but that yeah. one is I, I do prefer the American uh, well, out of that one. I, I did watch the American for years because it was like, no, the British one's too good, and it's just going to be too. No offense, Jim, but it's going to be too American humor, if you know what I mean. I get or, it. It was fantastic, and it's actually so much better, I think. Actually, one of my favorite comedies that I've seen in the past, like, ten years is British, which is IT Crowd. Oh, IT Crowd, yeah, yeah. Have See, there's loads out there, Max. I know, I've seen the odd episode. I, I, I don't know, I just... Because I, I think as something that you just brought up there, there's a stark contrast in, in American and British humour, and I think that, that can become a bit of a conflict, depending mm-hmm. on which one you, you pick to watch. So, yeah. I don't know, I, I think I've just shut that door and just saved myself all the, the drama of it, really. So, Are you going to be okay, you, Max? <laughs> you seem like you've you, had an emotional you, breakthrough here. <laughs> you, can call, you can call me narrow-minded. I just, I'm not saying I, that. I like no, if anything, you're more sophisticated, mate. That's what it is. You're, you're aware of your tastes. <laughs> you know where you want to go with it. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm watching two shows right now. Uh, I'm watching some shows with my wife. I don't know, uh, you know, Breaking Bad, which is great. Uh, and what else? Narcos, which is a mm. Netflix show. Watching what, what, what season? What season of Narcos? Second by the way? season. We're getting toward the end of the second season. And I don't want to end it because I know what happens at the end of the second season of Narcos. And I'm not ready. That's when Pablo. Yeah, I don't want that to happen. Because yeah. that I've, guy that plays I've, Pablo is so good. Yeah, I've, I've, I've watched up until Pablo dies. And I, I, I know. <laughs> no shit. But, I, know, I just, they go on to the Cali cartel next, I think. And I yeah. don't know, without, without Pablo, it just feels lost. Yeah, so, because that actor's I, just a badass. He's great. He's the best part mm. of the show. Uh, so yeah, watching those with my wife. And by myself, I'm watching, there's a show, it's like a German version of Stranger Things called Dark. That's on Netflix. Cool. It is very German, and it's it basically it, it, imagine Stranger Things, except uh, there's not really I haven't seen like a monster of any kind yet, and it involves more like time and time travel and that kind of oh, stuff. Oh. Yeah, so it gets a bit Donny Darko. It, it gets it it does it gets it involves like timelines and that kind of thing. Like yeah, it there yeah it's I, I hesitate to to tip too much because I don't want to screw it up 
for you or for anybody else. But it's a good show. It's a good hour-long show. Uh, yeah, it's solid. And I'm also watching Ash versus Evil Dead because I like, and it's on Netflix. If you've ever seen the Evil Dead movies, it's like oh, yeah. a horror movie mixed with a comedy. Very gory and hilarious. Just the gore is really funny. All right? It's like slapsticky gore. All right? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, there's a point where someone's, a car attacks a person and <laughs> grinds their face off with his tire. All right? It's, it's really funny, but gross. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But it's funny. It's on Netflix. It's a viewing. It's a Stars original, I think. That's the same network that it. has the Neil Gaiman series. Uh, American Gods is on that channel, I think. Which I haven't seen that, but I read the book. I've heard that. I've heard that's very gory as well. Yeah, the book is awesome. All right, so this is some recommendations for all you people out there. Uh, that's what we're watching. Maybe you have other stuff you want us to watch. Tell us. That'd be the that'd be the shit. Now's the time when we like to hearken back to yesteryear at a time where we weren't so shit. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to get the negative negative Nigels out, but they keep they keep coming back. Uh, so we hearken back to yesteryear and remember a player who uh, you know made us made us happy inside. Alright? Uh, so this guy uh, formed a formidable partnership with Leighton Baines along the left side. Uh, just was really fun to watch their combination play going forward. Uh, unpredictable, silky skills, just some of the best foot skills that I've seen. Just a, what a fun player to watch, and what a nice guy. Um, so uh, he had seven goals the first time around for Everton. He had 11 goals the second time around. That was when he was on loan and, and after we had purchased him. Uh, then we we got him got him off to Sunderland and he's recently been released by Sunderland and now he plays for Bidvest Wits or Bidvest Wits I'm not sure how to pronounce that in South Africa of course I'm talking about Stephen Pienaar how we miss you what a player what a player so so guys. How would you describe Stephen Pienaar's play to someone who's never seen him? Max. Unbelievable footwork, for one. Um, his, his vision, particularly, as you mentioned, where Leighton Baines was obscene, I think, his, his partnership. I wouldn't be, far, wouldn't be far wrong when I'm saying at that time it was one of the best winger and fullback partnerships in Europe. Um silky, smoothy, you know, he knew where to put the ball, where to run. He knew how to dink a ball as well, if, if we know what goal I'm on about there. But, yeah, he's just, just an absolutely phenomenal footballer. I, I don't think I've seen many better footballers for Everton mm. in my time. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like a pro. I, did, I didn't love him as much as everybody else did. Um but I don't know. I was very bitter when he left to go to Tottenham. Yeah. Because, mm. um, Tottenham were not the Tottenham that they are now. He was still a very good side. I think he was still he qualified for the Champions League as well. But they just weren't at the level that they are now. Whereas Everton were 
right on the yeah, we were the comp- we were the competition, weren't we? Really? Yeah, yeah, they were. They were like rivals, and felt like they kind of maybe just had that London location on their side that sucked them in, and it left a real bit of taste in my mouth. mouth that move, um, but yeah, on his day, he was fantastic. He he was very technical, and you know, low sense of gravity, and he, he just him and Baines were fantastic, and yeah, he he, he was. In, around that era, he was one of the really good players that we had. Um, and he did give us some good memories. Uh, I, I don't think he'd done too great when he come back, though, sadly. Um, but that first spell, yeah, he was he was great. So David thought Pienaar just sucked, clearly. <laughs> All right. No, it, that's interesting because I, I remember, like, when I first started supporting Everton – and I didn't realize that he had been sold. You know, it took me like about halfway through the year, my first year supporting them, to realize that he he had returned, that he had yeah. come back. Um, yeah. But it was really quick when I saw the partnership with Baines. It was fast. You could tell yeah. immediately that there was something special going on there. Um, if you were to compare PNR to another current Premier League player, who would you compare him to? Who would you liken him to? I, I couldn't think of it. and I think maybe Matthew and you might come up with a better one. I, I thought the original question might have been an Everton player. Well, um, I was going to get there next, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. go with that was a little bit easier. Um, I, he, he, he kind of is a Vlasic type player, I think, where he's a bit more skillful on the ball, but they're, quite, they're small and they, they can move quite well. And... Um, yeah, but I think I think Pienaar is a lot more technically gifted, but he's probably the best comparison in terms of the Everton squad I can think of. Right, take like this this because that took quite a bit of thinking. I mean, to try and you know bring someone out, take take the pace out of Eden Hazard's game. Take the I, pace. You know what? I was genuinely. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's easy to say Hazard. It, I was like, just, it probably is. But just take the I pace agree. out of Hazard's game. And yeah. you know, as Sutton, it's one of the fondest football memories I've got. His return, his debut against Chelsea. Obviously, he scored quite early on, but there was a piece of footwork that he did. I think he, Jose Boswinger closed him down. It was right in front of me and where I was sitting. The man literally threw in a few step overs, but the way he manipulated the ball, you know, he, he was you know he had studs on the ball. So the ball was underneath his feet. The way the way the man manipulated the football was just a joy to watch. So yeah, if it was you know, it it is it's very it's quite outrageous to compare him, you know, like for like. But take the pace out of Eden Hazard's game, and probably that's what you probably got with Peanut. See, I I was hesitant to say Eden Hazard. David was hesitant to say it, and you said it. I think the fact that all three of us that player popped into our brain, I think there's some validity to it because I don't think. We're all idiots, <laughs> all right. I think I think we each have our moments. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think there are two without saying that he's as good as because he's he's obviously never as good as what Hazard is, but right. he's just got the same kind of flair and technique. Flair is the word, yeah. See, I was going to uh, say Hazard and Lanzini from uh, West Ham. You know, he's got yeah. that same slight build. Both of them are pretty good on the ball. I don't think he's he's not as strong on the ball as Hazard, Hazard is. Hazard's got more bulk. That's the mm. thing. You knock Hazard over, he's probably not going to fall over. You literally have yeah. to take his legs. Pinar 
he was he was more slight. You know, it wouldn't take yeah. as much, but he would also draw a decent amount of fouls just outside the box. Um, mm-hmm. Kept that ball close, really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a it's a genuinely solid comparison. Um, yeah. But no, we don't think uh, they're they're the same quality player, but they they have the same qualities. Okay, that's yeah. that's where we'll go with that. Mm. It's it's funny. It's it's although I appreciated them at the time. It's only now maybe eight nine years on where we've we've seen some oh, we've seen some decent Everton sides, but we've seen some naff as well. That and that particular generation of around those five years from say two thousand five two thousand six to twenty ten twenty eleven. You know, Pinas, Artetas, Kales. You know, that that was a great team. That. That was yeah. such an enjoyable team to watch, and there were so many great characters in there. So really fall in love with, and yeah, that just I was going to say that we've talked about it, met plenty of you know how we related to them, them players as well as a, as a team, and you know yeah, they were just a real joy to watch, and you just felt like you were you were you were there with them. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't so much of a disconnect as there, there is now. It was like top five. You know, battling with Villa for top five where we have every year, and there's none of this top six bullshit that there is now. This is what makes me laugh about the top six argument when people talk about a breakaway league. The top six, as the current format that they are now, have finished in the top six twice in the Premier League era the whole mm-hmm. time. There's no such thing as the top six. It's just a, a cycle of different teams doing well, and that's why I'm just I'm so fed up of hearing about the top six because. In that in that time, you know, we were we were far, we were fifth every year, you know, mm. back top top five, top six, pushing for the Champions League. So, um, yeah, just what it was great period, and Pinar was a part of that team. So, uh, favorite Pinar moment? Yeah, one stands out for me. Well, my, 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 I've got a feeling. I know what you're gonna say. Do you want me, mine's an obvious one if you want me to do mine first. Yeah, go on. Yeah, mine is without doubt the, the goal at the end. The Emirates, yeah. 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 I know mine's the, the, it's probably <laughs> the most obvious one, but it was just an unbelievable finish. And again, we should have won, really. But yeah. we ended up scoring. Um, but just the celebration as well was just fantastic. The, yeah, the Olympic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so. It was, it, yeah, that was a great goal, man. That's, uh, that's one. If I'm, not wrong, if I'm not wrong, that was Landon Donovan's first game as well, wasn't it? Um, it could have been, potentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. I thought it was that debut Jack Goodison, but I, I could be wrong. Jerry, this is where you should chirp in. I'm sure, I'm sure it was his first game, because I remember him always saying about it, like his debut was in the yeah. snow. Yes, I, yeah. I, I actually, this is the shitty thing. I never got to see Landon Donovan play for Everton. Uh, it was fantastic as well. He, and you know he and just signed for a Mexican team, Leon. Yeah, he came yeah. out of retirement. Are you kidding? That's crazy. Well, I'll use it in your stories. I'll see when if, if that was his debut. Yeah. The, my my favourite P&R memory, as I alluded to earlier, is just that, that return. That game against Chelsea, the 2-0, the 2-0, or mm-hmm. 2-1. 2-0, I'm sure it was. But I just remember he scored really early on. And uh, just the, the the you know the the crowd went mad and his celebration, you know you can always tell a lot by a player's celebration and it's just he was he was just oh, elected yeah. to have scored that goal mm. and uh, as I say that uh, another like a memory that comes from his return there was that 
there's this magical piece of footwork. I'm sure I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you just bang in Stephen Pienaar again, Jose Boswinger, just how he manipulated the ball and how he played that game, really. It was just brilliant. Yeah. Um, so, uh, last question. Can you imagine any current Everton player striking up a Baines-Pienaar-type partnership? And who would they be if you can't? No, I, uh, I can't. I can't because, you know, even if Bain does come back into the side, he, he hasn't got the legs that he did when Pienaar was playing. Plus, I've always felt like, you know, on his side, I mean, over the past few years, it's been Morales that's been on the same side as him. And something that I've picked up on is, whereas Bain has always been one to try and, you know, be be productive and, you know, nice into play, one, two touch football. Morales always seemed to be the one, you know, he'd pick up the ball and he'd just oh, take off down the wing with the ball and Baines would just be there like, yeah. you know, fucking hell, mate. <laughs> you know what just I mean? Like yeah. yeah, you know, literally it's what, he, what he'd do. And I can't really see it happening down near the side of Balassi. Balassi is going to be the one that we're playing, so... No, I can't. It's sad, really. Yeah, I think it was one of a kind. I think the problem now is even if you could get someone to replicate the role of PNR, I don't think Baines is ever going to be the same player now. So that ship's probably sailed. I agree. I um, I think the only player that I think comes anywhere close to PNR's control, the fact that he can manipulate the ball the way we talked about, I feel like Lookman has that kind of ability with the ball. He's also a smaller guy. Um, he also likes to kind of cut in, you know. <laughs> so, I, But I don't really see a whole lot of – like I'm trying to think of these players that we have being intelligent combination players. Yeah, it's, it's, it's being – with Pina, as you've drawn the comparison to Luckman, it's being intelligent, but it's being very selfless as well because mm. Pina was a very selfless player. You know, he'd, he'd managed to cut the ball back and find people in yeah. space. And you don't remember him ever just firing one on goal, do you? And flying over the bar when you had a pass no, or anything like that. No, I know. So, yeah, I, I, I can see the comparisons with Luckman, but obviously I think when he was a Charlton as well, I mean, he, he played striker, so I think yeah. – there's a bit more of a, a selfishness. Uh, that's not to say it's wrong, because you know you do need to be selfish if you're just an attacking player at times. But mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know if we'll have a combination or a footballer like him again. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, the people, like I said, Lookman is more of a foot skills, and uh, you know what I mean, similarities. But I haven't really seen a whole lot of that. You know, having the vision that Pinar had. The combination play that Pinar had—it's the combination of the that tight, the, the being able to keep the ball so close, like it's Velcro to your foot, and at the same time being able to have that kind of vision coming from the wing rather than a ten. You know, I, I, we don't have a whole lot of that right now. Um, mm. So it's that's—I guess that's something that just shows how special that was. Yeah, you know, partnership. Uh, a lot of our attack and play. You know, particularly particularly over the last ten years, really, it, it's been from the fullbacks bombing on and and mm-hmm. creating things from there. And you just you just don't see that in our team now, do you? So uh, particularly at left back, I think investments needed because I think we see you see with, with with the likes of Manchester City how vital having fullbacks that 
operating an attacking sense can uh, they can mm. be involved to your team. So, you know, as you say, there's just a lot of rebuilding to be doing. I think it's a mindset thing too. I don't think right now we're set up to have those fullbacks bombing forward. I think Kenny could do it. I do. I think he's stronger offensively than he's given the opportunity to show in these yeah. games so far. You watch him playing during the World Cup this summer. How many times did he attack combined with Kieran Dowell up the side and throw a sweet cross in? I mean, he is an attacking player. He can do it. He just hasn't been... We're not set up like that right now. We're just, we're, we're just fragile at the minute. So defensive, you know? Mm. So hopefully we can... It may be a mindset thing. Shit. A negative mindset thing coming back. Ugh. Anyway, <coughs> this is supposed to be about PNR, not about how shit we feel about our team. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's what it is. We're lamenting the fact that he was really good and we could really use a player like him right now. Yeah, lovable person as well. I've met him a few times and he's a, you know, he's a top lad. Well, of course you have. <laughs> Do you know what? Something so, no, so, no, I never expected from Stephen Pienaar in the first time. I met, I never expected his voice to be so deep. Yeah, it's with strange voices, isn't it? You hear him speak and you just you wouldn't, you wouldn't put the voice to the man, you know what I mean? I feel like you could swap Tim Howard's and Stephen Pienaar's voice. Tim <laughs> Tim Howard, I expected And he's just, you know, just sounds like a normal guy. Stephen Pienaar's got this deep bass, you know. It's, I, I, yeah. You could swap those guys. I, it's always weirded me out about Tim Howard. Same thing, you know, because I expected like this. Hey, how's it going? You know, but it just was not it yeah. at all. Uh, <coughs> so, yeah. Once again, Max holds the fact that he gets to meet and David too. Just like, hey, Jerry, look, we meet, we meet footballers. It's awesome. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I've met my friends. <laughs> that's it <laughs> they're only people Jerry they're only people uh, yeah that's what it is yeah they're only they're, they're more than that uh, so let's see here uh, so anything else on Stephen Pinar uh, yeah good yeah very very good player and a great ambassador for the club I'm, gl- I'm glad he's getting to finish up playing in South Africa I think that's it's always nice when you can go back to your home country and uh, still get some positive football memories where it began. So, um, okay, well, that's it for our Stephen Pinar Remember Me segment. And that's it for the big show, the podcast. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, we appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, why don't you uh, subscribe to the podcast, the Toffee Blues podcast, and rate it if you can. Uh, also on YouTube. If you're digging the videos, please subscribe. We're over 400, and that's your fault. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Like, comment, all that stuff. Uh, Check out these guys' uh, articles on the Toffee Blues website. Check out uh, out the Toffee Blues website. Just do it in general, just because there's some good stuff on there. Uh, Check out out the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, and uh, I think that's all of my plugging that needs to happen. All right, gentlemen, thanks so much for your time, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you later on. Uh, we got to give a West Brom preview later on this week. So, yeah, we'll have to – more shows to come. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, guys. Take care, Peace. everybody. All Take right? it easy. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye.